Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On this week's game day show, we'll be joined by one of our favorite guests, Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas. A reminder to rate or comment on the show wherever you get your podcast from. I enjoy your feedback on what we're doing here on the show. So if you'd like to share your thoughts on this season, or really anything else, Maze and Blue, please email me at the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. Before we hear from Chris Ballas, let's get it started with my view from Section 17. Rutgers was a feel-good win. What it means in the big picture, I don't think any of us are sure. We needed to rebound, and the way we played the game was encouraging. We cleaned up on the turnovers, found more of a rhythm with the offense, and we played with some fire and some passion. I also liked seeing Josh Gaddis on the sidelines and watching his interaction with the guys. So if the players like it, and it's a positive for the offense, I say stick with it, and I think Jim agrees with that. We all needed a win like that players, and yes, even we the fans. From here on out, it gets very real. We all know that. Iowa rolls into town with one of the top defenses in the country this Saturday, and they have a very diverse offense, too. They are well coached, and they are not going to be intimidated in the big house. This is a huge game, and we have plenty of those coming up. As Chris Ballas said when we were recording, Wisconsin was our mulligan. Everything we want can still be accomplished but there is now very little room for error. We need to get better each week, and we need to win to achieve our goals. Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas joins us next here on The Michigan Man in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
back with us on our game day segment as we take a look at a big win against Rutgers on Saturday and then a visit from the Iowa Hawkeyes this coming weekend. Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas. Chris, great to have you back with us. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me, buddy. Well, any way you look at it, Chris, uh, yeah, it's Rutgers, but it was a W, and that was the most important thing, and you played hard Saturday. Yeah, and getting Rutgers at the right time, right, after that Wisconsin debacle, and that was a, that was an emasculation, let's be honest. Nobody saw that one coming, and that thing was over essentially in the first quarter, and you could tell that Michigan was going to be up against it. And the worst part about it was the body language, I thought, especially at the end of the game, and then the, the former players coming out again and saying hey that's not acceptable and so on and so forth is a vibe that you just can't have just negativity around the program and then Jim Harbaugh coming out and saying that's not acceptable out coached out prepared and uh, and he was right uh, there's no question about it that was supposedly a crossroads for him I don't buy that because uh, I said before the season that that was going to be a game I thought they would lose and that's a program with an identity and it's a tough place to play Michigan hasn't won there since 2001 so but bouncing back against Rutgers everybody does uh that was the straw that broke uh, Chris Ash's back they he, they fired him finally I think he was outscored 208 to 21 or something like that 207 to 21 against Michigan in his four years so but it helps. It gets the confidence back because you're going to need it. This is a, a week with Iowa where you've got a program coming in that a lot of people say is Wisconsin light. They're physical. They've got an identity. They're well coached with Kirk Ferentz. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, a very telling point for this team coming up next week. We were looking for some progress as opposed to what we've seen in the first couple of weeks, especially with those turnovers and uh, the ball security. Everything was good. I mean, one one interception, one turnover um, on that pass uh, late in the game. Other than that, looked a lot better in that piece of the game, too. Yeah, and one is still one too many. Uh, yeah. You know, let's be honest. I don't think they won the turnover battle. I think it was one-to-one, if I'm not mistaken. So still haven't won the turnover battle. But it was nice to see him not turn it over on the first drive this week. <laughs> and those first two drives, those first two games, let's be honest, would have gone completely differently had could have gone completely differently and probably would have had they not turned the ball over carelessly and the same really with the Wisconsin game I think that could have been a game at halftime had Michigan scored there made it seven to seven Uh, but you can't win with four turnovers up in Madison and that's just the way it is I thought Wisconsin was going to wear them down anyway and would have won that game but it certainly wouldn't have been 35 to nothing at one point had they not been so careless with the football and that's really been the biggest concern with this team last year we saw Shea Patterson Michigan's quarterback protect the ball pretty well and this year not as much and it wasn't interceptions as much as it was careless fumbles and things like that Uh, not just from him but from the running backs and part of it was on the running backs and their pass protection a little bit on the offensive line but you've got to protect that football and make better decisions with it Uh, otherwise you're going to lose that is one the one statistic if you look to Mike over the years if you lose the turnover battle you're probably going to lose a football game Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you lose it by two or more and that's the one area that they really needed to shore up they got better would love to see them play a completely clean game I think they're going to need that in order to beat Iowa who uh, again I think is unrated and is going to give Michigan a a real battle up up front especially on Saturday. Well Josh Gaddish uh, spent the day on the sidelines came down from the box Got rave reviews from uh, the players, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and I liked it. I liked the body language. The one thing I liked most about it was when he was down there and kids were celebrating big plays and good plays, he was still teaching. He would bring them off the field when they're celebrating and say, look, you know, and talk to them about the things that they still needed to improve. He's like, okay, yeah, you scored a touchdown against Rutgers. That's great. You're supposed to score touchdowns against Rutgers, right? So, But here's what you could have done better, and you could sense that 
that Nick Saban influence on him. Like, okay, it's great. The moment it's a great moment. The moment's over. Here's what you need to do better. And I liked that about him. And I liked the way that the kids responded to his energy. Everybody that we've spoken to and everyone we've talked to has said that the kids love Josh Gaddis. They love the way he teaches and they love his energy and you could see it. And I thought it really made a difference on Saturday. I did too. And uh, you know, one of the things that I did notice uh, was that the plays were getting into Shea Patterson much quicker. Substitutions were in and out. That was a, not an issue this week. So the entire operation, as Jim said, just ran more smoothly, didn't it? It did, yep, and the right players for the right plays, and we saw that, and uh, and it, it did. It made a huge difference, and when we heard last week that that was a possibility, I thought, yeah, you know, some people were saying, oh, that's gimmicky and that's desperation. No, it really isn't. This is uh, indicative of some much-needed energy and leadership on that sideline, not saying that Jim Harbaugh doesn't have it. Maybe he doesn't have the same bounce in his step. Uh, he denies it, but I think a lot of people have seen that and said that. And having Gaddis down there to make those calls more quickly without a middleman in that respect uh, helps, and you could see it. Uh, you could see that uh, they had some well-designed plays. The offense ran more smoothly, and we saw that uh, that the plays were were working. It looked like they were designed to the right guys. And of course, again, I'm always going to continue to say this, Mike. It was Rutgers, but it just looked like these guys had a little bit more bounce in their step. A couple of bubble screens there. The receivers were blocking harder downfield. Donovan Peoples-Jones had one uh, a catch on the in the flat where Tariq Black and Nico Collins were holding their blocks and doing a great job. Uh, I just thought it just looked a lot better. That's the kind of effort that they're going to need next week against Iowa. The effort was there, but the, there was a rhythm this week, too, in the passing game. Maybe we're starting to get a glimpse of what this offense can be when it's humming like that. Yeah, and we'll find out. Uh, the first quarter, the first quarter, first half of the Middle Tennessee State game, I thought it worked pretty well, and uh, which was encouraging. But, uh, you know, number one, it's the turnovers. And number two, it's how you respond to the turnovers, the adversity. And that's something that they weren't doing well against Army, against Wisconsin. They, they, you could see shoulders slumping and everything else. And that's where we're still going to have to see if these guys get it. Uh, when they get it's some when they face some adversity in a game like Iowa, for example, or on the road at Penn State, how are they going to respond? That's the sign of a team that can compete for championships. And that's something they did not do very well uh, in the second and third week, in my opinion. Uh, really struggled. Uh, that is something that still remains to be seen. But uh, it was better uh, at the same time. Uh, again, it was Rutgers. And number two, I didn't think the running game was good enough. I think they would be the first ones to admit that. And without Zach Charbonnet in there at 100%, Michigan's freshman running back, it, they struggle. There's no question about it, and they're going to need him healthy. So hopefully he comes back, gets it together, and, and is able to – contribute more carries than he did on Saturday and those guys up front need to hold their blocks longer that running game needs to be better. That's one thing I was keeping an eye on Saturdays uh, were we getting any push or enough push uh, in the running game and it just seems like especially down in the red zone we aren't right now that that really needs to get shored up. Yeah and I don't understand it they got four guys there that have been there for a long time they've got a lot of beef up there and they're just getting beat by it you know they're playing too high at times and Looks like they're up against guys, you hate to say it, that wanted a little bit more down there, and uh, and it needs to be better. Uh, you've got four guys that have started for a long time. I thought the left side did pretty well. Ben, ben Bredesen, I never worry about at left guard in terms of finishing his blocks and playing with aggression, but it's hit and miss, uh, especially from center to the right, and I thought John Runyon, coming back from in, in, injury, he didn't play extremely well, but he plays physically, and you can see 
Bredesen's influence rubbing off on him. And that's what they need more of on every play across the line. Cesar Ruiz has been really sketchy at center in that respect this year. Mike and Wenu, yeah. uh, love the kid, but that kid with that body should be burying people at that size and uh, too much patty cake at times. So hopefully they find that extra gear because, again, Mike, and I'll, I'll say it over and over again, if you want to beat Iowa even, if you want to beat Penn State, teams like that, that's the kind of effort that's going to take. Well, after four weeks, Chris, uh, what would be, do you think, the major concern that has just got to get fixed or better as we move forward? Yeah, on the offense. Well, it's the turnovers you and I both talked yeah. about. And, yeah, they took a step in that direction. Uh, you had wide-open receivers, man. There were At times on Saturday, there was nobody in the vicinity of the guys that Shea Patterson was throwing to. I did like how they moved to the pocket for him a little bit. Uh, I thought that helped him, too. And uh, he can do both, but you know, he's got the the throwing lanes are, are a little bit more visible to him when he's moving the pocket. So I liked that. Uh, the pass protection still has to get a little bit better. I thought the right side, especially Jalen Mayfield at times was a little bit leaky and the running backs in pass protection has to get better. It only takes one guy and one hit. Uh, I was talking to Doug Skeen, Michigan's former offensive lineman. He said, Drew Bledsoe, he played for the Patriots and he said, Drew Bledsoe back in the day told him, that one way to assure that I'm going to have a uh, an up-and-down game is if you guys let me get hit early. And he said, then I'm not going to trust you. I'm going to be looking over my shoulder, so to speak. And that can happen. So got to keep that quarterback clean. And it doesn't just mean the offensive line. Those running backs have been way too inconsistent in that respect this year with the exception of Charbonnet, who hasn't played very much in the last two games. So that's what I need to see. And more in the running game, you can't average three yards of carry and you know, against a good team and expect to win. If you're going all pass, that's exactly what people want you to do. And uh, and to me, the identity of Michigan football is always, okay, we're going to run the ball. Josh Gaddis said, yes, this is a speed and space offense. He said that before the year, but our identity is going to be to run the ball and be physical. We haven't seen that yet. That's something that really needs to get shored up. No, I agree with you there. On the other side of the ball, uh, Don Brown's defense bounced back, I thought, pretty nicely uh, on Saturday. The play in the trenches, which is what I'm keeping an eye on and worries me moving forward was much better this week. Yeah, and that's fair. Uh, and Mike Dwum for coming back helped. You know, he addressed the previous two weeks, and we're all like, okay, is he going to play or not? And didn't have the club on his hand against Wisconsin. They really could have used him in that game. Uh, couldn't go. He's got a couple of other injuries in addition, or at least one other injury from what we understand, in addition to the, the arm injury that has slowed him a little bit. So getting him back helped. He didn't put up big statistics, but you could see the pass rush from the interior was much better, and he's a big part of that. Uh, we're going to find out if he can hold up against the big, again, the big physical offensive lines like Wisconsin's in Iowa because Iowa's got that. They play with that uh, mentality, and they're going to be tough. So that's where Michigan's got to be able to stop the run. And I, I, Carlo Kemp's playing his butt off, and he's he's working hard, shooting gaps. He's undersized, but he's getting off the ball quickly, really timing snaps. Uh, he's been good. He's more of a complimentary guy, though. You need another guy next to him that can take up space. Brian Monet, everybody talks about Rashawn Gary being gone and Chase Winovich, Michigan's outstanding ends from last year. They miss Brian Monet in there, just mm-hmm. taking up taking up space and being able to uh, being one of those guys that's hard to move to stop the run. So uh, that's what they need more of. Uh, a lot of people are hopeful that maybe a true freshman like Chris Hinton will come along, and by the end of the year, maybe he'll be a guy in there that can help them. 
But uh, as of now, that you're absolutely right. That's the area of concern. And, uh, and you know, people look on, at Saturday and say, oh, those crossing routes again. You know, Rutgers only had, I think, 150 yards or something like that. So I'm not all that concerned about it. But when you get against the better team, and if you saw what Indiana did to Michigan State this weekend, for example, and you saw what Ohio State did to Michigan last year, they've got to do a better job with that too. Those passes underneath coverage because when they get that ball out quickly, it doesn't matter how quickly you get to the quarterback. Well, there were some positives on that defense. Side, I really enjoyed uh, the play of Cameron McGrone, a uh, kid from Indianapolis. Uh, he is uh, starting to look like he is going to be a player. He is, and you know what's crazy? I think he had one tackle. I was looking at the stats, and and I'm like, that does not in any way, shape, or form indicate the impact that he had on this game. He was outstanding. Uh, he was all over the field, yeah. and you know, people were talking. Well, Devin Bush light, and you know, you can't. It's not fair to say, oh, this kid's the next Devin Bush, so on and so forth. Devin Bush is an All-American and uh, going to be a great pro. But McGrone has a lot of those same characteristics. He can get to the quarterback quickly. He's got great instincts. He's got great speed. It's going to be hard for them to keep him off the field right now. There's no question about it. Jordan Glasgow struggled a little bit on Saturday. Everybody saw that. He is a, a hard worker and a and a good player uh, in his own right, but uh, is limited physically, especially compared to a guy like Cam McGrone, who, in my opinion, is an up and coming up and coming star. Just like Jim Harbaugh said after the game, he said if he keeps playing like that, he's going to be a star, and that's with one tackle. So uh, there's no question that they're starting to find more guys who can contribute. Dax Hill. The five-star freshman was out there at safety at times, and you could see his speed not only in the flats but on special teams when he was uh, when he was tracking punts and mm-hmm. punt returners. So they're going to start getting more of those guys on the field. Hopefully, a Chris Hinton, guys who can help them and build for the future. But you know they got a brutal stretch coming up here, Mike, and they've got to oh, yeah. find all all the guys that they can do get to to help them against the better and the more athletic teams on the schedule. Well, in the end, it was a win. It was a beating a team that we really needed to pound. Did you come away from this game, Chris, feeling more encouraged or less encouraged about the team? Yeah, more. And part of it was just the body language and the reaction because we had heard that Jim Harbaugh was going to be challenging some of these guys this last week in practice, and he did. And they needed it. You could see, you could tell just by looking at the film without going into detail at the end of the game who was really into it and, and which guys were dogging it a little bit, and which is unacceptable. And he said that. You know, He said, we, we're going to find out who really wants to play, who on this team really wants to play. What we'd heard is uh, Joe Milton showed up one morning at 5.45 in the morning, 15 minutes before Jim Harbaugh had gotten there, and he said, Coach, I'm ready, whatever you need. And that's the kind of attitude that they need here. Uh, Joe Milton obviously being the backup quarterback, who I thought looked really good, by the way, in mop-up mm-hmm. duty, the mm-hmm. best that he's looked. And, uh, but it's those attitudes and that kind of thing. If, if some of your upperclassmen aren't going to lead and the leadership needs to come from the younger guys, then, then so be it at times. But uh, there is good leadership on this team, in my opinion, and everybody, everybody's got to be on the same page. It can't just be a handful of guys. Uh, it, and it was interesting. Ed Warner, Michigan's offensive line coach, he tweeted out a quote from Chuck Knoll, the great Pittsburgh Steelers uh, former coach, and the late Chuck Knoll, and he said, uh, this is what uh, he said. If you go into battle with a, a group of guys, with if your leadership isn't uh, isn't all in, he said, then you've lost before you even take the field. He said, if you got great leadership, you've got a, a great chance to win. So I thought it was interesting that he tweeted that after the Wisconsin game that they understood that there were some issues there. But it seems to me, in my opinion, that body language was much better, and you could see it. Uh, those guys were all about it. And, yes, again, it was just Rutgers, but really liked the bounce and the step. 
and the way they came back and responded to a, a humiliating loss. Well, this Saturday, Chris, uh, Iowa, as we've been mentioning visits, it's, it's homecoming. They are 4-0. and We've had two common opponents, Middle Tennessee State and Rutgers. They dispatched both of those teams rather easily, too. This yeah. is a darn good football team, isn't it? It is. Uh, solid, man. Always solid. And these are guys that generally don't beat themselves. Uh, it's nothing flashy. It's guys up front that do their jobs. They've got an identity as a program. And that's something that I said about Wisconsin was like, okay, even before the season, you know, everybody was writing Wisconsin off. Well, they were only eight and five last year or whatever. And I'm like, look, year to year, if you're, you've got guys that have been doing the same things over and over and over again and getting taught and the young guys doing the same things over and over and over again, and you're not changing offenses, you're not changing your identity you're going to have a chance to be good and uh, because everybody's bought in. And we've seen that from Wisconsin, especially with their quarterback play with Jack Cohn. You've got Nate Stanley, a quarterback for Iowa, who's been around and, uh, and is a solid quarterback. He's good, uh, I would say. And they've got physical lines and physical line play where they don't take a playoff. You don't have a guy that you have to worry about, okay, I've got to motivate this guy because they buy in. And they've got an identity, and and a lot of uh, they take a lot of pride in their program. So I like Kirk Ferentz. I always have, and I think that that's going to be a tough one for Michigan. I, I think Michigan opened as a seven-point favorite. I think it's down to five now. Uh, a lot of people betting on the Hawkeyes, and uh, this is going to be a big test. At the same time, for Michigan, they understand that this is their last chance here. They can't have another slip-up if they want to be remain in this Big Ten championship race. I, uh, Wisconsin, rather, was the, the one mulligan, so to speak, that, okay, they knew that their goals were all still in front of them. They cannot afford to lose this football game, so I expect a great game on Saturday. Once again, we're going to know a lot more about this team after the Iowa game Saturday, Chris. Yeah, we are. And uh, up front, uh, the defensive line, like we talked about, if they can run the ball, it could be a long day. It's going to set up their play action. So can Michigan run the ball a little bit? I would challenge those guys up front again. If I'm Ed Warner, I'm going to say, where are you guys? What are you doing here? And and why are we not blowing people off the ball like we should be? Don't care who it is. Don't care if it's Rutgers. Don't care if it's Iowa, Wisconsin. We need to move people and do a better job of that. Really hope they get Zach Charbonnet back. They're way too thin at running back. Uh, Christian Turner's a, a nice little back. Uh, he's not a great back. And Drew Wilson is a complimentary back. Hassan Haskins got some yardage last week, but that was in garbage time after Rutgers had quit. Really, in my opinion, Zach Charbonnet is the one guy that you really need uh, that that's this, this caliber of back, and he's a freshman. They really need to shore up that position going forward, and uh, they really need to be able to run the ball on Saturday, Mike. Well, final question for you, Chris. Uh, big week in the Big Ten, of course, with Michigan, Iowa. Our buddies over in East Lansing head down to, uh, to Columbus to play what looks like a very scary Ohio State team. Do you think Michigan State has a chance down there? Yeah, I, I don't. And I'll say <laughs> this. it's Part of it is because Ohio State's defense is a lot better, and they, they're going to be a nightmare for Michigan State's banged-up offensive line, in my opinion. I think State's going to have a hard time moving the football and having a hard time finding time to throw back there. Um, so it's going to be one of those games that I think Michigan State's defense is solid. I don't know that they have the speed, especially on the edges, to hang with Ohio State. And we've seen that their secondary is suspect. We saw what Indiana did to them last week in the passing game. And that's the blueprint that teams are going to use and Michigan's going to have to use, but it starts up front too. You better get protection up front if you're going to be able to do that. That's where Michigan needs to improve, even looking ahead to that Michigan State game. But uh, the way that Ohio State is playing, I predicted 49-20 to 20 in that uh, in that Nebraska game. People thought I was nuts. It was even worse than that. They are a juggernaut right now, and they look like they are – 
they they have it working. They look they look better, more cohesive than they did last year, which is pretty scary. They weren't great defensively, obviously, last year. Now they're playing extremely well on both sides of the ball. I think you're looking at the Big Ten champion there, and uh, excited to see that Ohio State-Wisconsin game, really. I think those are the two best teams in the Big Ten. Well, a lot going on this weekend, of course, uh, in the conference with that game and with homecoming in Ann Arbor, so we'll see. Uh, Our guest here on our show on the game day segment this week has been uh, Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas. Chris, always a pleasure to have you on the show, and we look forward to uh, getting you back in a few weeks. Anytime, Mike. Thanks for having me. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, Dylan McCaffrey and Josh Ross are both doubtful for Iowa. Sean McCune is still out, but recovering faster than expected. Those were the only injuries Jim discussed at his presser on Monday afternoon. Jim did say it's still going to be running back by committee for the foreseeable future. He wants to manage how many plays Zach Charbonnet gets, not just carries, but plays. So he'll split time with Christian Turner, True Wilson, and even Ben Van Sumeren. With Josh Ross out, Cameron McGrone will get another start. Jim is very impressed with what he's seen from McGrone and says if he keeps it up, he's going to be a star. Now, we're all worried about the depth on the D-line, and as a group, they've struggled so far. Jim says we might see more of true freshman Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith very soon. They are both making progress and should be working into the rotation moving forward. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we'll hear from Iowa radio play-by-play voice Gary Dolphin. We'll also have injury updates that are made available and share some game day notes with you. That's this Thursday, so don't forget to join us. But for now, that will do it for our game day show. Once again, I'd like to thank our guest today, Wolverine.com editor Chris Ballas, and he'll be back in just a couple of weeks. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until we meet again on Thursday, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!